Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. So usually you get the cannabis news on a Monday, but today we have an interview with Nikki and Swami Shatanya. And that's because uh, we didn't have the live show on Sunday because we was at Spanabis. Uh, many of us, me and Monkey, were there and lots of people from the forum were there too. It was a real good weekend. But, <laughs> but you know, all that traveling and all those different microbes and shit, I'm not feeling very good today. So I just thought I'd get this interview edited. It's like 26 minutes past 11 at night. Nearly getting this done before the end of the day. So it's still Monday. But... uh yeah, just thought I'd get the episode up and let you all know that I'm not feeling too good because, uh, you know, I've partied all weekend and I'm too old for that shit now. <laughs> but it was a great weekend. We'll tell you more about it on uh, next week's episode. But for now, here is the interview with Nikki and Swami. I hope you enjoy it. Roll a fat one and we'll see you in a bit. Hi. Hello. Hi, are guys. Doing, yeah, Hello. I am good, Nikki Hi. and Swami. How are you doing? We're doing great. We're sitting here in a snowstorm, you know. I was going to say, it looks cold. You look all wrapped up warm there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, we have about 20 inches of snow outside the house. It's about 28 degrees here. We're as close as we can get to the wood stove. (laughs) (laughs) That's in California, right? Yep. But, But the good news is there's plenty of weed. (laughs) yeah we got plenty of weed i'm rolling a a cultivar we did for the first time called lemon sour diesel which abbreviates to uh something like lsd oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) nice i I love the uh lemony weed as well everybody will tell you mackie loves the lemon weed Mm -mm -mm. yeah exactly yeah and that's something you grew yourself (laughs) this year Oh, yeah. Well, we grew it in our personal research and development garden, right? So we're just thinking about whether we're going to actually get a bunch and do that in our commercial garden this coming year. Oh, cool. So you got a few strains you've been working on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so I forget, where are you guys located? Uh, I am in the UK and Monkey. Monkey, you want to say hello? Uh, hey, hey, guys. I'm, yeah, I'm down here in the southeast around the Gulf of Mexico. I, I'll make you very, very unhappy right now. It's 80 degrees outside, blue sky yeah. and sunshine, and the grass is green. No. Shut yes. up. No. <laughs> it's, oh my it's God. been a really un- unseasonably warm winter down here. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's no, been telling us about his lovely temperatures for like four months now, where we've yeah. been suffering in the UK. Wow. Yeah. We got that lovely. Yeah, what's it like in the UK right now? Uh, weather-wise, it's not so bad. Yeah. It's uh, politically not so good. Yeah, that's it. Let's not get into that, you know. (laughs) Well, yeah, we, um, I mean, roads are closed here. People can't move. They had 80 miles of Highway 101, a major highway that goes through the closest town to us, has been closed down for days. This is serious stuff. Wow. So, how how long do you expect to be stuck in the house? We have the vaguest idea. I've got about three pounds of coffee. So, I think that's the key (laughs) indicator. Yeah. <laughs> just in case yep damn yeah but we've been we've been here already probably about eight days and i guess we have about 10 more that's what my oh, guess wow we're just sitting in the house for eight days now 
well, we go out and play in the snow occasionally. I have to go get wood for the wood stove. I have to go out and uh, wipe off the solar panels covered in snow. I got to turn on the generator when they don't have any more power. Yeah, there, there's a bunch. I got to go out to the barn and get another five pounds of weed to smoke. <laughs> That's always important, that part of it. Tell you, next time you just get 10, you can go half as often. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. But the thing is, it stays so nice in the barn. It's a great way to store your weed this weather, really. It's oh, yeah. super cold. And um, what happens, it's interesting. The terpenes, because it's so cold, the terpenes kind of go dormant and stay in there, which is good because it's really sealing them in. Mm. So when we bring it in from outside, at first, there's not a lot of smell. But then once it warms up, oh, my God, it starts off-gassing, and it's just beautiful. Ooh. So it's it's a good way to store your, your weed in the snow. Well, not in the snow. <laughs> not in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> but see, the other thing is there's uh, we have all these big pine trees, these fir trees, and they get loaded with snow. And then along comes a little wind and they just drop these gigantic snow bombs on top of the house. Oh, right? wow. All of a sudden you might hear in our broadcast here, you might hear could boom, 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 boom. And that's some snow falling on the roof. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's scary. Yeah. Well, Brent, when branches fall, that's when it's really scary. I moved my car out to the middle of the meadow. So, cause the tree branch, a big one had fallen down about five feet from it. So, I took a hint, moved the truck, the car. Wow. Is it usually like this throughout wintertime in California? Well, where you are. This is an unusual winter. We get snow almost every year, but this is the worst that many people have seen in like 50 years or so. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, we're on the frontier, it, you know, it's, it's North America here. We're at the edge of the frontier. We're like pioneers. You know, we just don't mm. have horses. <laughs> right. And, and we spend a lot of time. It always makes me think about, like the people that homesteaded our ranch back in the late 1800s. 1890s, So yeah. they came in, they actually got the piece of property because the guy had been fighting in the Civil War. They didn't have money to pay the Civil War soldiers. So they said, go west and you can take a piece of land, you know? Wow. So they basically came out and they must have looked hard to find this beautiful place, but they did. And it's very much off the beaten track, extremely off the beaten track. And they settled here. And there was a, a husband and wife and two little babies in late 1880s. And they came down, they built themselves a little log cabin down kind of closer to the creek. And the first year they were here, their roof caved in because of so much snow on the roof. So, so now they're stuck out here with a horse and two babies. So they all piled onto the horse and they rode out. I mean, it must've been hell. They rode out, they rode all the way to the closest town uh, Santa Rosa, which is probably about 150 miles away. Damn. And they left. They, they stayed there. They they did not come back here to live. They kept this as a summer house only. Mm. And that's why we lucked out when we bought the place in 2003. It was so pristine because nobody had really used it um, as a real living place. They'd been so freaked out from that first snowstorm. Wow, so that's so cool. Nice bit of history to the house there as well then, and to the whole ranch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of a bit of Americana. Well, this mm. whole area, the Emerald Triangle, has a lot of history. You know, there's obviously the Native Americans that lived here were amazing. And, 
um, some of the best basket weavers in the world. And um, where we live is where they would, because we have a big flat meadow, which is very rare up in these hills. They would come here every year to collect their acorns and do their little dances and um, introduce kids from one part of the tribe to another part. So they'd get married and continue the tribe. And Big party. Yeah, it was a big party, basically. And they <laughs> had a party in the, in the summertime. They called it the White Deer Festival. And it was like the, the purpose of it was they would say, this is to heal the world. And they would gather everybody around uh, in the local area and people would just anywhere differences. They would kind of work out their differences and so on and and then celebrate. And as Nikki said, there would always be a chance for the uh, mating rituals that uh, seem <laughs> to be part of human existence. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then, you know, of course, they came in after after the white man got here, um, our ancestors, <laughs> they came in and they started logging. That was the big deal was to log, to get the big trees down, to be able to build up the Bay area down in San Francisco area. All right. So that was major, major logging that went on up here for many, many years. And then starting in around, you know, the late sixties is when the logging started to look like it was starting to dry up. And coincidentally, that's exactly when the hippies started leaving the Bay area to drop out and go back to the land movement. And mm -hmm. they got up here and that's when they discovered that, damn, this is really good place to grow weed, you know? And it was sort of by accident, really, you know, from what we hear, some seeds were dropped and it's like, wow, that plant grew really well up here. And um that's that's how the whole thing started growing weed up here and from those first people that came up here and you know they were growing all their own fruits and vegetables and totally living off the grid in small cabins growing their weed taking it down to the bay area to sell it and and pretty soon the people that had been doing the logging started realizing those guys look richer than we are why don't we just start growing weed too <laughs> so it basically became the weed capital of the world yeah. at that point and here we are today. Wow. That's so cool. So much history. And goodness. Yes. Well, this is the, this yeah. is the uh, ground zero, the Mecca of the cannabis world here. And mm -hmm. uh, so we're kind of proud of that. But uh, we want to keep that alive. And of course, we're kind of struggling as a business industry. You might have been reading about mm. how this industry in California is kind of tanked and the price has dropped really below anything that's sustainable for a yeah. small farmer. So uh, we're really on the, uh, teetering on the edge here. We're, we are kind of fortunate because we kind of created a brand and we also have really, 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 really high quality pot. So, uh, you know. So, one more, really. One more. Yeah, just a couple more. Just have a couple more in there. Yeah. You know, selling yourself short a bit there, you know. <laughs> I did think about you guys because we cover the news, the cannabis news on the podcast quite often. And we do hear about all of the like the glut that's been going on in the USA, where there's there's so much cannabis that the price is dropping ridiculously, and it it's concerning exactly. for small time growers like you guys. You know, wondering how yeah. you are holding up see, with all of that. Right. It's a well, see, the thing is that when the huge big growers come in, both indoor and and in greenhouses down in Southern California, they flood the market with mids. You know, mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. mid rate cannabis. So that becomes then just a regular commodity, you know, like uh, pork mm -hmm. bellies and wheat futures and stuff like that, right? But uh, we want we distinguish our cannabis as a as a connoisseur luxury item, right? It's not mm -hmm. a commodity, and so our answer to this is everybody else is dropping their prices. We said, hey, listen, we know we're at least as good as indoor 
So we want to get basically the same wholesale price from the uh, retailer as indoor, right? So we actually raised our prices. And we mm. said, listen, you know, if we can say to a, a coffee grower in Colombia, we're going to give you a fair trade price so that you can actually have a decent standard of living. That's what we're asking for up here yeah. in the mountains, not just for ourselves, but for all the farmers who've been up here for 40, 50 years and put all of their money and all their savings and all their profits into developing their land and creating great new wonderful strains of, cal of cannabis and so on. So it's just about, you know, what's fair and, and real for the people who've been doing it for 50. Well, we've been doing it for a long, we haven't been growing for 50 years, but we've been in the cannabis world because we used, Over to, 50 years, we used yeah. to sell lids down in San Francisco, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but I wanted to say also it's, it is the glut in the market that's the problem, but that's not the only problem. Um, the other problem is the very, very too high state taxes that mm. are being imposed oh, yeah. on customers. So, of course, you know, if you can get the same thing for a whole lot of money down the block from your old guy, that's what you're going to do. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's that's one of the major problems. Um, and, and there's also just problems with especially our county, the county of Mendocino, um, which is one of the three mainstays of the Emerald Triangle. Mm -hmm. um, our particular county government is really lagging on getting our permits through and Corrupt. helping us. Yeah, that's another way to put <laughs> it. Yeah, that's another way to put it. Hold on. You're going to start me off about my government now. Don't, don't, don't Let's not go into this. Yeah, don't have to hide your feelings there, Swami. Just, you know, <laughs> let it all out. Yeah, we're going to have a, a corrupt and incompetent competition here. You know, I bet my government is more corrupt and incompetent than yours. You know, <laughs> I think that's built into the definition of uh, local government, actually. So we have yeah. a crazy situation here where we have a tax that it's a, a $5,000 minimum and you have to pay that. It's called a privilege tax. You pay the tax for the privilege of growing pot. To the county. To the county. And then it's a $5,000 minimum. Whether you harvest a crop, whether you sell a crop or not, you still owe that money. So people haven't sold anything in two years up here, and they're still owing this, the county like 10000 bucks, right? That's wow, what I want you to do. But I'm going to take a dry hit off this LSD joint right now. Do it. Mm. Lemon sour diesel. Yeah. Totally. Should we grow that this coming year? Totally get the lemon sour yeah. diesel on that. No, yeah. people are saying the nice. the old uh, the diesels and stuff are starting to come back after all those cakes, you know, all those mm. desserts mm -hmm. and cakes, all that stuff that seem to have like sort of. Is there really a lot of flavor here? I'm not sure. Well, what is it? You know, if I really stretch <laughs> my imagination, it right. tastes like pound cake. Yeah, right, or whatever it is. Kind of. So we're going back to you know some stuff that's gonna slap you upside of the head. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Well, what else have you got? <laughs> have you got a, a whole list of things you need to try out while you're stuck in the house there? Ah, yeah, we do, actually. We just had a meeting with our farmers this morning um, by Zoom. They're obviously not here. And discussed uh, what cultivars we're going to do this coming year. And so there's the LSD. There's the... Um, Gazilla. Gazerpal. 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 That was another really great, a gas, a gas purpley kind of thing. There is the Gorilla Glue and, um, right. what was it? Wait, I got it right here. Um, the Gorilla Glue and uh, Grapefruit. That one is just delicious. That's great. That's from BBG Seeds. And then and LSD is from... Uh... Is The LSD is also from BBG. Oh. And, and then we're also going to do... 
Uh, there's a guy named Mark Grayshock. I'm going to get in touch with him. He's an excellent breeder. We want to get something fruity in there, something kind of fruity. But we're also just doing a lot of gas this year. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So LSD is also uh, it's from BBGCs. We put out uh, a series of te 10 videos about how to grow cannabis uh, outdoors with Nikki and Swami. Uh, and they're releasing that now. Yeah, it's uh, on Altered TV. It's on Altered TV. So it's like basically uh, 10 episodes, like month by month by month. What do you do to grow your own cannabis in your backyard or on your uh, your balcony or something like that? Nice. Right. Nice. So you you keep busy throughout the winter months then. It's not just uh, working hard, oh, boy, growing keep, throughout the summer. <laughs> yeah, well, we see, we also, because we're, we're trying to promote our brand, we were just down in, in Los Angeles at a couple of dispensaries, uh, there's one called Urban Leaf just opened a dispensary right in, in uh, Hollywood, right on the Sunset Strip. So we popped in there. Then we were at uh, Woody Harrelson's Woods down also on Santa Monica Boulevard in Hollywood. And then we're at the LAPCG, PCG, Los Angeles People's Patients Group, Patients Group and so on. And there we met a whole bunch of our, our my students from the Gangier Council. And then we went up to Ojai, and there's a really wonderful uh, dispensary in Ojai, Sespe Creek, and there are wonderful people there. So we we just been out in the world, uh, you know, talking to everybody and and talking up the flower. So uh, and another thing we're doing that it's I'm proud of. It's actually absolutely unique. Um, we have now started Club Swami, and that's keeping us really busy too. And Club Swami is a private club where people pay. Uh, a annual fee to be a member. It's not huge, but an annual fee. And then what they do is they're guaranteed that four times a year, they will get a delivery or come to an event to pick it up. They will be at, and they're going to get some cannabis that is not available retail anywhere. It's a very, very special strange that we're holding back just for Ooh. the club. And, and they get a lot of swag and they get the, you know, a fancy box and they get all these little things that go with it. Um, so that's that's the kind of thing we're really looking forward to doing. And they get four yeah. eights uh, every uh, three months. And if they want more, they can order more and so on. But right. uh, And then it gives us a chance also as they come to pick it up to meet everybody in the club and they can meet each other and we just hang out and so on. So it's a kind of a an old model in some ways, but it hasn't really been tried in, in, in cannabis in some ways, mm -hmm. except, you know, I was thinking about Dennis Perone. Well, in the old days, in the, the old, 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 old days, old days Dennis Perone had a palace in, in uh, San Francisco. And if you had the right connections, you could come in and go upstairs into the palace. And then you would always have like five different uh, cultivars out there for sale. Uh, and you could smoke a joint and, 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 you know, buy as much as you wanted. But it was like a private club in a sense. So we're kind of going back to the old, old days. Yeah, I don't know if you know who Dennis was. He was um, he was really one of the great founders of the cannabis activism movement. Yeah. Well, he and was a he double was, thing. He was with the gay movement, but he was also a, a, a military retired. He was in the, I forget which branch of the military. So he was always supporting veterans and their need for cannabis for the various post-traumatic shock. And AIDS patients. And AIDS patients AIDS and so on. So he's huge. really a very, very, and he passed on a couple of years ago, uh, but he was a, a friend and a really a very important guy in the whole movement out here. So went to jail many times. Many times. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So, so so much for his private club at his house. It got busted <laughs> over and over again. But, you know, we're trying to do it in a new way. And yeah, I think the events will be really fun because it's creating mm -hmm. community. Is there still a lot of people out there that are afraid to talk about it? I mean, it seems yeah, weird it's, to there's us. still some stigma there, isn't there? 
unfortunately. There really is. And there's, there's people that say they can't tell their coworkers in the office that they get high or something. So mm-hmm. they're really looking for a community. And that's what we want to try to help create so, so that people have friends. People get together, 15, 20 people, and they all love weed. That's why yeah. they're there. So we get mm-hmm. to geek out and talk about it and share it and smoke it. And, hey, try this one, man. You never had this. And the other, okay, the other thing we're doing now is we're working with a couple of concentrate makers. Yeah. We're now moving into, uh, first of all, live rosin and then also hashish in the Frenchy cannoli style. So the live rosin of these groups, they're just called rosin, aren't they? The company? Rosin Tech. Rosin Tech. And they're down in LA. And so we did some fresh frozen. We did a cultivar called uh, Sour Sphinx OG. Sphinx OG from a really good friend of ours who lives over on the next hill, Sphinx OG. And it was a funny little plant because once we grew it, we didn't realize, but about uh, sometime in May, we realized this thing is flowering already. And it turned out to be one of those auto flowering plants, you know? <laughs> so, but it also had that real gritty, gritty texture on the leaves. So we knew it was going to be a good washer. So we had some fresh frozen. We sent a sample down to Rosentech and they just love it because they usually say, oh, geez, don't make such great uh, hash and so on or rosin. So they're mm-hmm. actually entering into the Emerald Cup. And, Ooh. you know, as you probably remember, we are judges in the Emerald Cup. We've never been able to enter the Emerald Cup with our flowers because we're judges. And right. um, finally... The first time anything made from our flowers yeah. is being entered because we do not judge the concentrates. So that's a whole separate category. So cool. it'll be in that category. And then the other the other hash thing we're doing is uh, uh, we're growing doing some hash in the Frenchy cannoli style. So when Frenchy was up here, he loved one of our plants called Orange Turbo, and it was one of his absolute total all time favorites for washing hash. Right. So we had some beautiful Orange Turbo. And after he passed on, uh, we thought that, well, maybe we should honor Frenchie and grow some more of that orange turbo and then have one of his uh, uh, one of his uh, disciples uh, wash it for us, uh, Laura Bell. And so uh, we called up the, the, the woman uh, who had the seeds because her husband, who, who created the seeds, had died about a year before Frenchie. Right. And we knew them from and they were hippies together in, in, the, in the old Haight-Ashbury days. So we called up uh, Shara and said, do you have any more orange turbo seeds? And she said, yeah, I do. So we got some seeds. And then we told Madame Cannoli, we're going to have Belle do the wash. And we're going to do an honor of Frenchie. But then she says, well, let's put it on the Frenchie website. So they announced it on the Frenchie website. And now there's like 160 people Something like growing that, yeah. orange turbo in five or six countries around no the world. And uh, we're, they're all going to wash it hash wise. And then we're going to do a thing where we do uh, well uh, on the Frenchie cannoli website. There's a thing called hash porn, right? Pictures mm. of, of hash. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So for this particular episode, everyone who grew orange turbo and made hash of it will submit a photo. And then I guess there'll be some judge of the contest. But yeah, that's going to happen on 420. So keep your eyes open to the Frenchie Sweet. page. So it's so not world, long. It's just- Reminding everybody that uh, hashish is a worldwide uh, commodity. It's been traded for uh, thousands of years, and we're still part of that continuum, that that ancient tradition of of hash making. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good about you know it's still being pushed forward by guys like you as well, making sure that the the lost heart of hashishin isn't going to fade away. You know. Oh, no, no not true. at all. Not at all. Well, you know, we we smoked our share in India over many mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I kind of miss that. I'm honestly, 
Swami and I don't really smoke all the oils and the concentrates and the rosins and the resins and the blah, blah, blahs. Mm-hmm. The we, butter, the, sand, I mean, the we, wax. We all really those. kind of just like old-fashioned hash, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Regular hash. We always would smoke uh, hash, Indian-style hash. Chadas, they call it, actually. Mm-hmm. Hand-rolled mm-hmm. hash. And we would always smoke that in a pipe without tobacco. So uh, we, we were getting blasted that way. Yeah, that's strong. <laughs> Oof. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Do you always smoke hash? Like, is it a regular thing? You smoke hash every day, or maybe just on the weekends? Or no, I mean in India, yes, it, because right. in India the the flour is not very good. It's really right. meant to make hash. It still has seeds and all that. It's mm-hmm. okay to cook with. I used to make edibles with it in India, yeah, yeah. but no, here in America, not so much. Um, you know, I do he makes minute. his own. He makes yeah. his own hash. See, from- what I do yeah. is when we when we trim, we have these little things that are called a trim bin, and they have a stainless steel mesh at the bottom, mm-hmm. so the, uh, the pollen goes through, right? The uh, the trichomes go through the mesh, and you collect it underneath, and it's kind of like this very tan kind of golden powder, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. then I take that and I put it in a press. I heat it up to maybe uh, 250 degrees or something like that and put it in a, what is it, 30 pound press or something like that. And I make these little discs nice. uh, of the, it's old style hash, right? It's mm-hmm, kind of more mm-hmm. like Afghani mm-hmm. hash. Yeah, uh, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I, I call them doubloons. And so that's what I used to smoke. And then <laughs> what I usually do with it these days is uh, a very dear friend of ours is a is a famous Psytrance DJ, Goa Gill. And so, uh, He's a real deal friend. So I traveled with him out doing trance all over uh, India and, and Europe one year. And so I always just give him a whole bunch of this uh, hand-pressed charas that we do. And he always giggles when he gets some, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be laughing too, man. <laughs> that sounds delicious. <laughs> exactly. Nice. So you guys, go, wait, I, I suppose you're not going to be prepping right now because you've got loads of snow outside. But when do you start prepping to plant seeds and get your heart, get your grow ready for this year? Well, actually, you uh, perfect timing in your question because we just, as Nikki we mentioned, just had that meeting, we just yeah. had a meeting with our two <laughs> other farmers, and uh, we we're discussing what seeds to grow. And then we talked, well, we need to get some soil testing done. We need to get some wood chips done from the branches. Mm-hmm. We need to have the piles turned over. We need to have make some biochar. We need to start inoculating all this stuff, and then. All of a sudden, it's like two feet of snow outside, and that's not going to be. We normally would be kind of starting that work now, mm-hmm. uh, but it'll be put off till the end of March and early April. Right. We then crack our seeds. We crack our seeds probably in the first week of April, uh, and I do that according to moon cycle. After the uh, what is it? The the spring equinox. I always take the the next waxing moon, usually in early April. And uh, and I do then a water sign or an earth sign, and that's when I start sprouting the seeds just in water. And they sprout after about uh, 36 hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I transplant them into little uh, uh, pots, small little pots with dirt from our from our own garden or soil. I shouldn't call it dirt. Soil from our, from our <laughs> own garden. <laughs> dirt. Right. So that's how we start. But that's going to be the first week of April, probably. I'll check the calendar. But the mm-hmm. first thing we do is decide what seeds we're going to get. So yes. that's what our meeting right. was today. So, no, people are definitely, there have been a lot of um, seed swaps locally over the past month or so, where people just get together and share seeds up here. Um, th- that's not exactly 
directly for commercial growing because commercially we have to actually report where all of our seeds come from. But um, a lot of people, people love to share stuff up here in our community. It's who we are. And, Mm -hmm. and that's one of the sad things that being legal has taken away a little bit. Um, It's not like we have that opportunity to just say, Hey, here, try this plan. Oh, here's a clone. I want to give you that just doesn't happen anymore amongst the legal people. We've heard that up from so, up in Canada as well. TG, one of our panel members, he said the same thing. It's it's as if the culture is not as strong as it used to be. You know, like when you visit the head yeah. shop and you'd all talk about bongs and it would be a bit secretive. You don't have that whole secretive aspect anymore, you, you know, in legal right. places. And yeah, it, well, that right. was kind of based on what I call a shared risk. Because hmm. back, you know, 20 years ago, you could go to jail for just as long as if you had one or two joints as if you had 10 pounds, really, right? Mm-hmm. If you were a grower, a dealer, a smoker, whatever, everybody had the same kind of amount of risk. Yeah. And that was like, that's why it was a secret society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was just saying that the culture has really been affected by it. Absolutely. Um, sometimes you have to wonder if that's not the point that they kind of want us to just get that way to where we're not all all together and friendly with each other. I mean, it's almost like, what's that expression when you pit the two enemies? Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. Oh, yeah. And, and because honestly, let's face it, um, the government would probably be much, much happier if they had five or six very large grows in the state of California to deal with, with corporate guys running it that are their mm-hmm. buddies, than mm-hmm. a bunch of us hippies in hills. Right. And, and then a chain of retailers that's like Safeway or a big you know yeah. store chain or like that. It's so much easier to uh, to regulate. See, what they found is they couldn't ever stop the cannabis thing when it was illegal. So then someone had the idea, well, let's make it legal. That's the way we can stop it. Well, what they're doing is throwing so many restrictions on us and such high taxes that, in fact, the, the illegal market, you know what? We stopped calling it the black market because of that whole Black Lives Matter thing. You know, it just doesn't make sense. It's mm-hmm. the illegal market. We call it actually the traditional, traditional. market. Mm-hmm. And the slang up here, it, the slang is it's called trapping. If you're in the illegal market, you're trapping. Right. And okay. So uh, that's where people are selling it now. And so the the trap market is really thriving. Actually, their price is low, mm-hmm. but they don't have packaging costs and you know testing costs and taxes and all sorts of inspections and upgrades and so on. So the the uh, trap market, the traditional market, is still kind of making money. Yeah. And that's really the supplier. The bulk of cannabis smoked in, in this country right now is still from the illegal market, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we like to call it the either the tax-free market or the legacy market. <laughs> Any one of the two. Yeah, there you go. Good. Okay, we'll do that. We call it that, too. That's good. That's There's good. lots of that's different that's names good. for it. One of them will settle eventually, I think. <laughs> unregulated yeah. market, yeah. yeah. Yeah, unregulated. Yeah, exactly. Or the... Um, the lucky market. God, I miss being an outlaw. <laughs> you know, I mean, it really was a lot easier. Let's face it. No you know? doubt. Let's yeah. There's so many restrictions in place now. Well, for you guys, we're still living in the uh, illegal land over here. But mm-hmm. sometimes I yeah. wonder if it, it's just better this way. Just don't let the government get involved because they'll just fuck it up as they usually do. You know, like they do you everything know, I else. think you're right. I think you're mm-hmm. absolutely actually right. I really do, Mackie. It's... um uh yeah well, enjoy it while you can i mean they look, get bought out by the big money yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but look at new york right now okay so new york just went legal and um they already have 
was it 300,000 pounds of weed was grown this year in New York. So they've already got a glut on their market. Legal weed. And they and, only have three legal dispensaries that have opened so yeah. far. So wow. they're just not thinking it all through when they get started with this. So yeah, let take your time in the UK. Take your time. Enjoy it while you can. That's mm, what I say. Mm. Yeah, the grass isn't always greener, as they say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. That does apply here. That's for sure. Sure. I mean, it's the the benefit, of course, remains that it can get out now legally to medical patients and people that need it for real medicine mm -hmm. that might otherwise have been um, the type of person that doesn't like to do something illegal. And so they wouldn't have been able to get it otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, there are people like that. And um, <laughs> there actually are. Well, but the other thing about it is that it's <laughs> There and it's are, tested. There, the advantage is that it's tested, so you know there aren't pesticides and mold and mildew and stuff or like fentanyl that. Fentanyl these days, God knows. Oh yeah, about. yeah. It's a big exactly. problem about getting into everything, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Is that also in the UK? No, we don't seem to have much of a problem with the fentanyl thing right now. Really? Yeah, maybe I just That's don't look for it, but I, 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 we don't hear. I mean, it's a big story over in the USA. We hear quite a lot of yeah, it. True. Don't hear much about it in the UK. It's interesting that's really curious mm. well they're not testing so how do they know mm -hmm. no no but just in general people overdosing and stuff yeah overdosing, yeah but, yeah people will overdose a lot on the fentanyl don't they it's crazy man yeah. that's terrible yeah because it's so strong yeah, well, i'm glad you're not having that in, in the uk because uh, it's definitely a curse yeah but you know it's hard times for a lot of people so escaping reality is always an option mm. well it's, you know, when it's they take it voluntarily then that's okay you know that's their option they could take fentanyl if they want to i think the big problem is is when the fentanyl is being mixed with things like cocaine right. and heroin and people right. are expecting right. a completely different dose and a lot of people are dying yeah. from that now because they'll take some heroin for example they've been heroin users for a long time and they used to a certain dosage but because now 10 percent of it is fentanyl which is much much stronger right. than heroin then they take that and it'll, you know, have bad effects. So it's yeah. just, uh, it's yeah. a way to push for, you know, it's an argument for legislation where we can have the drugs properly controlled and tested to make sure the consumer's safe. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's no, so some true. governments have tried that. I remember in the old days in Amsterdam, if you went to one of those clubs like Paradiso or Milkweg or something like that, you could actually have your drug tested at the door. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was just a, it was a private lab doing it and so on, but it was like, and they, you know, they actually probably saved a few lives that way. Yeah, no We used doubt. to have that at psychedelic parties too. There was always, we'd have a table set up in the corner and they would, you know, people could bring before they took whatever it was they were going to take, they'd take it over the table. They would check it out and they'd say, you know, like, oh no, we've seen a lot of these orange pills here tonight. Do not take these. Or they'll say, oh yeah, that's fine. And that was a nice service. The cops mm. did not like it. If you can believe wow. it, I think they thought it was encouraging people, but really it was protecting people. Oh, yeah. So, and yeah. that's what a lot, I mean, I say, I've said it a few times, at least where the government seemed to always be involved in our business when it's all about safety for the consumer. Like, you know, speeding, you know, they don't want you to speed because they want you to be safe. They want you to wear a seatbelt because they want you to be safe. They test all the food to make sure there's no crazy shit in it because they want you to be safe. But when it comes to drugs, you're on your own, man. You know, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. That is a good point. That's yeah, a really exactly. good point. 
It's crazy. Yeah, because maybe in their in their heads they'd rather just get rid of all of us. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I just have to. Unfortunately, you know, I think you're right, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we're we're just uh, we're too wacky for these folks. You it's know, it's that whole crooked someone... and incompetent thing again. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's coming See, up. But the thing is, we have to keep in mind that we are the future, mm-hmm. right? You know, raising your consciousness in ways that you know are you know, beneficial uh, is really the, what the future is all about. You know, and so that if you're not harming anyone. You should really have the right to alter your consciousness in any way you see absolutely, fit. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the way of the future, I think. Well, we spoke to mm-hmm. Graham Graham Hancock a few weeks ago, and he was saying the oh, same great. thing. Yeah, it was it was a great conversation. He was saying the same thing. You know, we uh, we should be allowed to expand our consciousness, and, and if we break the rules, if we go and hurt somebody or somebody gets hurt by our actions, we already have laws in place to deal with people who hurt other people right. you know, or detrimental to somebody else's lives. But we shouldn't be prosecuting right. people for altering their own consciousness and having no effect on anybody else whatsoever. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. It should be a fundamental right. You know, it's yeah, like- so are, I'm curious, are you having, um, I mean, things around specifically mushrooms, but other psychedelics, um, MDMA, et cetera, have opened up so much in the last couple of years. Is the mm-hmm. same thing happening in the UK? I'm curious. Yeah, there is uh, a little of that going on. There's a, cl- a clinic you can go to now where you can have ketamine and uh, oh. the MDMA as well. I'm not too sure about psilocybin, but it seems as if we're heading in that direction. It, maybe yeah. even we'll have psilocybin legalized to treat depression and anxiety before cannabis is even legalized. Uh-huh. Right. That's right. Crazy. Yeah. No, in certain parts of America is the same. Um, and it's actually, I mean, there's places now where it is a hundred percent legal to have certain psychedelic cities. mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some yeah. cities in America. And um, they don't really talk about where you get them. So it's, it's like where, where we were with cannabis a few years ago, like, yeah, it's legal. You can have it, but it, where you got it, we have no idea. And that's where it started out. So that's kind of where they're at. But it's very interesting to me that the psychedelic world may open up wider to the rest of the world before cannabis. Mm-hmm. Go. For it. Yeah, it's because yeah. we've got idiots running the countries. It's the incompetence <laughs> thing again. <laughs> they have no idea what is going on, you know. And it's not as if uh, mushrooms are, are bad for you, you know. It's, it's not likely you're going to have somebody die from an overdose of psilocybin. But they're a lot right. more mind altering than cannabis is. You know, if you take a gram totally. of mushrooms, then yeah, you're going to have a good time. You know, <laughs> you yeah. can just relax and enjoy a gram of cannabis. They're different potencies. You know, they, they have different purposes, you know, that they use for so different reasons. Speaking of which, Swami, how's that LSD joint going? It's been going out a little bit, partly because I've been talking too much, I think. <laughs> and, and I know. <laughs> Nikki stopped uh, smoking because of a lung thing, and uh, she's kind of cleared that up. So we always used to share the joint and, and smoke it back and forth. And mm-hmm. so when she stopped, I had a real problem because now I had to whole smoke the whole <laughs> joint myself. Yeah, right. I know that feeling. Yeah, being there. <laughs> but are you smoking at all, Nikki? Are you vaporizing now? Are you, uh, how are you consuming your cannabis? No. I got bored with the vaporizing thing. It was too much of a hassle. It wasn't my thing. Mm. So I... I eat edibles. That's what I do. And okay. um, so I've got some that, you know, during the day, if I'm working on 
something. I've got like lighter ones, five, 10 milligrams that I just do um, during the day if I need it to chill out. But at mm -hmm. night, every night I make my own butter from our cannabis. So I know it's totally pure and clean nice. and I make a very, very strong butter. And then I make these cookies. I make little chocolate chip cookies, your basics. Mm -hmm. And every night I eat half of a cookie and I have no idea what the dosage is on them. I'm guessing 30 to 50. I don't know. I really don't know. Because what happens is I eat it half an hour before I go to sleep and then I go to sleep. So <laughs> it's not like I'm staying up all day yeah, tripping yeah. on it. So that, but I have a great sleep. Mm. I wake up feeling good. I'm still smiling the next day. It kind of mm -hmm. carries over into the next day. Mm -hmm. And for me, it seems to be working actually. Um, plus, you know, running this business takes a lot of time. And so to do that, um, I kind of need to have my brain a little more with me during the daytime mm -hmm. to, if I'm working on numbers and stuff. So it's, I just don't have the time to sit down and smoke a joint every couple of hours like Swami does. Mm. So um, that's not unfortunately in my job description. Mm -hmm. So uh, well, but the I, cookies yeah. are really delicious. You, you should tell them <laughs> how you make them. You know, what do you do? You, you, well, it's very you, simple. You, you put what, how much weed, an ounce of weed and a pound of butter? Um, it one pound? Yeah, it's about an ounce of weed to a pound of butter. And, you know, and you know how you, it's, you can get recipes everywhere, but this is a particularly strong one that I make. And, you know, you just have to boil it all together. It's like making ghee and then it floats to the top and then you scrape but it off. But do you put it in the oven? Uh, no, no. Well, in the oven at first, you put in just the dry weed to get it up for just a very, very low temperature for about 40 minutes. And then you put that weed into the melted butter uh -huh. and then you let the whole thing bubble for hours and hours and hours. And then you put it in the fridge. And after it's been in the fridge, the butter floats to the top, the water stays on the bottom. And then you just have your butter. That's it. Right. And then you just yeah. use that butter as, as the regular shortening yeah. in your cookie recipe mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. Well, you, you guys know Marge, don't you? She's been on the Ganja uh, course. Oh, yeah. My, she has her own podcast, yeah. the Bite Me the Show about edibles. Have you checked oh, that's that right. out? That's right. Yeah. Cool. She has loads of that's real right. good recipes. So go and try some of them out if you can. Because she has Very cool. a recipe for everything. Yeah. You know, Even how to make sauces oh, and condiments, which you can use. Yeah. Mm -mm. Interesting. Well, we could do more on the dose, too, because we know we have the COA, the testing lab, for a particular cultivar, and we know what. No, but once you once you heat it up, it changes. Completely. Oh, because see, the first thing yeah, she has in the knows. oven, you decarboxylate. Yeah, you're decarboxylating right. it, so mm -hmm, it changes mm -hmm. completely. Yeah, no, it's a whole different thing. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's great. She's out there doing that podcast, and as a ganja, that's really exciting. Mm -hmm, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So you guys have heard about the ganja program, huh? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah, definitely. I'd love to go visit, yeah, but no. you know, I'm so far away. I'm like six thousand miles away from you guys, or something crazy. Well, I'm only one thousand, yeah. but still, that's a good distance, you know, a thousand miles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, but people have come. We've had from a couple of people from Germany, and we've had uh, what from Jamaica, from France. Uh, I guess that's about it. On the, uh, some Canadians and so on, and all over the states, people have come. Awesome. But if you come, we're right near there, so you get to come to our ranch too. So. Nice. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'll be there knocking and you'll be like, who are you? The in-person courses with two-day, the people who uh, finish the course uh, study, the reading and the syllabus and all that, then they come up to uh, 
uh, Humboldt County where uh, Ganje has a campus and it's a two-day intensive training uh, which goes over the actual what we call the systematic assessment protocol uh, and that's a you know a phone app which gives you all these prompts and questions and you eventually evaluate the cannabis and you will come up with a, a score based on 100 points right mm. and so it gets away from terpene uh, little number gets away from the, the 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 THC number and gets into what is the total quality uh, of the cannabis and its looks its aroma its taste its effects and just the general quality of the whole experience and so on mm. so yeah so it's a two-day intensive thing and as I tell everybody we're going to spend eight hours smoking one joint and we're going <laughs> to talk it to death so we're just going to go down in, into the weeds, literally, and just, you know, talk about everything you can talk about. Yeah, and it's a good program. It really mm. is. It's and they get to smoke uh, weed from farmers in the local area, many of whom are Emerald Cup winners. And many times we either we also go visit a local farm. And sometimes some of the farmers come and, and, and help us as a kind of guest lecturer in the class and so on. And the, the great thing about it is you're up on this campus, up on top of a little hill, and there's nothing else to do except smoke dope and talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. And so you know, on, on all the breaks, we take a break every hour, two hours or something in the class. Everybody goes out and lights up another joint, right? <laughs> so it's just like total, total saturation. And uh, we have a heck of a good time, too. <laughs> no doubt. Man, it sounds yeah. like such a good time. When is the yeah, Emerald Cup this year? Is that it's uh, like, this uh, year November it's time, right? Be, uh, no, they actually just announced it. It's going, the awards ceremony will be May 13th um, down in the Bay Area. And that's going to be um, just the awards. So that's when we announced the awards for all, there's something like 46 yeah. categories this year or something. The thing that happens in December is now the Harvest Ball. And right. that yeah. happens a closer to the Emerald Triangle. So that's not actually um, the contest at this point because it's really too early. It's it's just not cured enough. And mm. it was thanks to COVID actually that uh, Tim Blake, the producer, finally got the message from us that you know we couldn't do it one year in December. So it's like, okay, let's do it later in the year. And, and we've it been was telling so them much for better. years, we don't want to do so it until February, March at the earliest, right? Because mm, mm. I'm on about uh, what I call aged weed or, or cured, just uh, cured. Know, vintage weed because you know back in the old old days here in California if we got Mexican weed or Colombian weed or Thai weed it was already six eight nine months old already when it got here mm. so it never had that bright bright green that people here in California seem to want now so much and you get you know uh, you know from the really fresh fresh crop so for my my taste, I don't think it's really ready to smoke until at least four months after harvest, right? Mm. So here I am smoking LSD for the very first time, and mm -hmm. it was harvested uh, at the end of October, right? Wow. And so for me, there's a whole sort of way that the things are changing. When you harvest the crop, of course, right that day, there's volatile monoterpenes that are off-gassing. But we're now finding out more and more that there's alcohols that it makes and there's ketones and there's phenols and there's esters and volatile sulfur compounds. And all of these are aromatic compounds that the plant produces. And so at the time of harvest, they're doing one thing. But then after you cut the plant down, it's technically dead 
but it's still biologically very, very active. Mm -hmm. And so we know that the uh, terpenes are off-gassing, but some terpenes also do a thing called polymerize, where they sort of join together. And from a monoterpene, they become a bioterpene or a sesquiterpene, which has longer lasting power, right? The CBN is increasing slightly and the chlorophyll is changing. And so with a thousand ingredients, all these things are actually biologically shifting around and so on. And that takes about four or five months and then it kind of settles in. Uh, as my friend Kev Georgie says, it kind of starts to uh, uh, stabilize, right? In a certain mm. way, right? To me at a certain point, it's not really cannabis or not really smokable pot until it gets to that place where everything's sort of kind of starting to settle in, right, mm -hmm. and not be changing. And that's what I call then the, the first aging process after drying and curing and aging. And then it's vintage cannabis. And now you have not the bite of the chlorophyll, uh, but you have all these wonderful ingredients. And what happens on really fresh green weed is that there's a spike and when there's a dominant terpene or whatever it is, maybe mm -hmm. it'll be a, even a volatile sulfur, right? Given the garlic or the, some kind of those flavors, but that'll be so dominant. You want, But then after four or five months, that spike is kind of leveled out and all the other subtle flavors, there can be like 17 or 18 different chemical compounds producing aroma mm. in a cannabis plant. Mm -hmm. And so when it fully matures and ages, it becomes sort of this like, uh, it, it, I call it, it's realized. It's realized its potential of where it, it can be with its total whatever is in there and so on. And like I say, for me, I'm, I'm mostly smoking. I, I lit this one up, but mostly I'm smoking weed that we harvested in October of 2021. Yeah, you are. All right. And for wow. me, that's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Vintage. That's over a year old. Wow. Well, it depends on how you dry it and cure it and how store, store it, it and age it and all of those things. See, we have a, a curing situation, a drying situation. I have, a, I have a big old barn, but it's not an old barn. It's a new barn. I built it in the old style, like you have in England or New England with these timber frame and there's no nails in the frame. It's pegs and so on and more. That's just how houses are built over here now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So, so 2,000-year-old method of building, right? And so, but the wood, much of the wood came from our, our forest on our own land, right? Nice. And so that barn is in the middle of a, a dug fir forest, and we have this clean air 30 miles from the Pacific Ocean, mm -hmm. and it's in this big wooden barn for like two weeks, right, hanging on netting. And then when the, the twig cracks or snaps, we take it down and then we pull out a, a really a 40 inch wide piece of brown paper and wrap them all up. And I call that a burrito. It's like a big wrap burrito of brown paper. And that we then keep in the same barn. And it's all at about somewhere, hopefully around 60%, maybe up to 70% and somewhere around 40, 50 degrees and so on. Mm -hmm. So that then does the whole beginning process of it starts to stabilize. Right. And, uh, and, and when you have these things wrapped up in this, it's almost like a dozen long stem roses. I call them burritos because we're in California, right? <laughs> but they sort of then all of any imbalance between all the stalks in that bag all share their moisture and they all get to the same sort of moisture level. And then you put six of those or four of those bags into a box and they kind of homogenize. And then all of that whole area get to a place. And so the, all the chemical stuff and the biological stuff sort of settles in and 
and stops changing. And that's when the cannabis is really ready to, to do its work to raise your consciousness mm-hmm. and heal your body and help you make love. Sounds delicious. Sounds <laughs> useful. <laughs> so, so a couple of things we said, we saw there. Uh, Nikki mentioned the C word, so everybody has to smoke. The listeners oh, know the rules, uh, right? Yeah. You know the thing that happened in 2019, 2020? Yeah, 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 that yeah. C word. Cough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cough, yeah. Whenever we mention that, everybody oh, has to smoke. You see, that's oh, uh, okay. It's... I didn't know that. What's yeah, we don't tell anybody, so it happens. Oh, we said it again, everybody. <laughs> All right, I'm lighting the next one. That's it. <laughs> okay. Nice. Well, okay. Hit your pipes. So... so here's the joint that I just rolled to the LSD, and it kind of kept going. I'll go back to it. But this is the roach from what I didn't finish last night. And so this this joint is what I call a Mendo Blendo. And it's <laughs> like during the day, I'll roll maybe four or five joints. And there's always a little bit of flour left over on the tray, right? Mm-hmm. So I put that in a separate little jar. And then at the end of the evening, off of my last joint is a mixture of all the different joints of cultivars that I smoked during the day. It's a Mendo Blendo. And so that has a really full spectrum, right? Because mm. the different cultivars have a different spectrum of terpenes, flavonoids, phenols, esters, ketones, whatever, lactones. I just learned about lactones, right? And and jasminoids. All of these are fragrant things that it can be in, in cannabis, right? Whoa. So, uh, yeah, never-ending magic story. Yeah, it's, it, yeah and we it, just learn more and more all the time. Absolutely. Mm. Yes, Yes, and, and we'll be able to learn more and more all the time, which is exciting, you know, and hopefully somebody's listening to what they're learning. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. well, universities are coming in now and even big pharma that's going to do, they have to do cannabis research, right? And nutritionists are doing cannabis research. Mm. You know, I get these uh, news reports on cannabis. Every day I read something about cannabis has just been found to ease this condition or help this condition or cure this condition or do all of these things. Every day there's a new way that cannabis has a medical benefit for people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. And we did see that as well there, Nikki, your little dog friend. We like dogs. Yes. <laughs> like Who's the dog? Yes, this Tipu, he's our hot water <laughs> bottle on these cold days. I keep him very close. Yeah, you can uh, see he's got his yeah. little jumper on and shit there. That's so cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, and he's a he's as close to the wood stove as he can get, believe oh, me. Oh, I'll bet, like, I'll bet. Not moving far. Because he can't go out in the snow. The snow's too high, his legs are too short. So, <laughs> so he just he like to runs into a wall when he's out there. It just uh-huh. doesn't work. I know. <laughs> he's part Chihuahua and part Basenji, which is they're both dog. warm, warm weather dogs. Basenji <laughs> comes from Egypt. He's ah. so, got kisses yeah. for mom there. Look, kisses. <laughs> he's a good dog. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's he's. It's good to have him out here while we're snowed in. You know, mm-hmm, we also mm-hmm. have a cat. And cat's his best buddy and. The cat comes in and plays too and snuggles and that's our life cool. right now. You know? mm. We just got wind and wood and animals and hopefully enough food to get us through. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. yeah. So 
just occurred to me. Do you guys have any questions for us, or, or are we just kind of bullshitting here and rambling? Oh, yeah, around? this is how we roll. Okay. This is how we roll. We just we just ramble when we come to high on homegrown. That's how it's we a, roll. Yeah, this is just a conversation. <laughs> we just get to know one another. That's all it is. Excellent. Right. Well, it sure would be nice to meet you in person someday. Oh, I'm sure we we we, we will do it one day. One day. Well, yeah. so it'll be uh, 370 yeah. miles from Mendo in the summer, but you know that's that's as close as I'll be. Yeah, that's just a couple of hours drive, man. You can do that. It, monkey. It's a few hours far. drive. No, it's yeah. really. I mean, Cradle but, Lake. You know, the summer's the best time. That's when yeah. you know you're going to see the plants in the right, garden. Right. It's worth the drive. Let me just mm-hmm. say, and it's listen, worth it. You know, we have to drive 40 minutes to the closest store. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's like. You know the the what's two and a half hours to Santa Rosa, right? And that's the the, the biggest town around. So yeah. yeah, but listen, man, it's California. It's big. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. three hundred miles, you're within striking distance. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we we usually end up heading to Oregon probably uh, once a year uh, at least ah. for a visit. So you know, Central Oregon, that's not that far from Mendo. No, it's not. It's not that far at all. And uh, in yeah. fact, you could take Highway 101, which mm-hmm. is a beautiful drive, mm-hmm. and you'd go right by the road that's going to lead you up to our house. Fantastic. Well, wow. I might have to look into that. Yeah. Then. I've got to. I've got to convince yeah. the other people that are going to be on the trip. Like this would be a cool thing to do. Man, you just got to show some cool. of our interviews. You know, be like, this is Nikki and Swami, and they're like, oh yeah, cool. We got to go visit these guys. These yeah, guys but are I gotta, cool. Yeah. I gotta, couple of non-smokers that'll be with us though that's the problem you know what are your friends with non-smokers for (laughs) (laughs) more for me more for us to smoke but we're outdoors all summer right and so you know in the summertime if you come we have fancy tents for glamping uh we have some guest cottages and so on so Mm -hmm. and then uh, we'll put you to work in the garden nice and and we like (laughs) We, we accept people that don't get high. It's okay. We've uh, we've got family. We have families. You know? We've learned to live with them. Well, it's yeah, not that they it's know. not that they don't want to get high. It's it's unfortunate that they can't because of their job. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so oh, yeah. sad. It okay, is. so you know what? We can just give them some psychedelics because they go through very fast. Yes, that's a good plan. That's a good plan. Yeah. I really like that answer. What, yeah. what's, what's your choice? What's your choice? Mushroom, cactus, toad? <laughs> You've got toad? I want, I want toad. Like he's been dying for toad. <laughs> Ibogaine. We got Iboga. No, you don't want to do that for fun. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think it's actually probably more the chemically made ones that go through your system faster. Mm. The Something like toad would probably stick around longer. But, yeah. oh, no, we used to know a guy that was on... A dear friend, he was on probation for selling weed or something. And um, so they would check him like once a month. So he just did a ton of acid and they it never showed up <laughs> because it goes so fast. Yeah, it's just a couple of days, eh? like four days, I think. Not sure. Even less, I think. Yeah, yeah it's fast. Yeah, I mean, because cannabis can hang around. Depending on your body fat, it can mm-hmm. stay in there for up to a couple of weeks, you know. So yeah. And in fact, they wouldn't even want to be inside a room with us because just contact high can get into your bloodstream. So, but if we're sitting outside, it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, yeah. the Colorado River Toad, that's the one you have, right? The Colorado River Toad. That, that's the one with the DMT, that but you lick it. That's that's the one. Well, yeah. Oh, is no. that what you call the full name? Uh, I didn't know the full name. 
Yeah, I, I want well, some as pet. We, to be clear, we don't actually have it, but we have some friends who come up here and do retreats. Nice. From time to time, five cool. or eight or ten people or something like that. And so we just sort of give, we hold, the, as the saying goes, we hold the space for them. Nice. Right. Nice. Yeah. They just no, come it's, there it's and do a... Yeah, I would love a couple of the, just not even to use them for, you know, DMT. I'd just like to have them because that's what they do is like show my friends that like, you see these frogs. See? <laughs> if you lick them, then you'll go to a different universe, man. <laughs> yeah, right. So cool. Like so cool. Frog. Right. And then there's the other ones that you have to milk them, right? You have to oh, milk yeah, them. Like the yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we have a friend who's actually gone to South America and done that and must be pretty hard to milk those little things but i think you pay somebody else to do it god (laughs) that's that's a bit disgusting but i think you you, (laughs) you, you're like you put it on a glass bottle and then you let it dry out so it becomes a powder scrape it off smoke the powder and then uh, that's right right stuff works i think right right, that is what they do exactly Mm -hmm. exactly exactly. i've never done it i've just researched it (laughs) but i'd like to do that one day so many ways to get high you know Mm -hmm. mankind is really good at inventing new ways to get high all the yeah, time yeah it's obviously something that's in our dna that that we want to do that we want to alter our consciousness we want to see the other sides of reality mm-hmm. and recognize that it's not just the obvious you know there's a lot more going on out there mm-hmm. so you know more power to humans for coming <laughs> up with all these solutions and more power to nature for providing them mm-hmm. you know really yeah, the, the, we call them psychonauts, right? They're the brave warriors or explorers who go to the edge of consciousness. And you know, they've been around for, as Nikki mentioned, a thousand millions of years of humans just saying, "What happens when you eat that?" And then mm-hmm. we'll say, "Oh, we'll eat that one again." But oh, yeah, now this one, we better try this one again, right? And you remember mm-hmm. when Albert Hoffman, you know, when he first had his uh, so-called bicycle ride and so on. You know, for me, that was cool. But the coolest thing is he went back the next day and said, let's try that again. Yeah. (laughs) uh, He wanted to figure out the dose. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, here was a man who was just totally in the scientific world and doing all these things and all of a sudden blasted out. And it's like he he wasn't freaked out. Right. He just Mm -hmm. said, wow, I better go explore that more. Right. Mm -hmm. And then stopped. He did a few other, you know, chemical things too, because he all, didn't he isolate psilocybin and stuff like that? I don't know. Various things. Yeah. So, yeah. No, he was, I mean, he was one of the bravest people ever in terms of, you know, psychic exploration. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I think the guy, the first guy who decided to go ahead and lick that toad was pretty doggone it was it must have been a dare it must have been that's what it's got to be a bro science dare here hey man i dare you to lick that frog maybe or maybe he was hungry (laughs) maybe he was just hungry and wanted to eat something and saw this frog aren't there uh first people tribes in various places that already did that i don't know probably probably well that would have been the first person yeah the first person Mm -hmm. would have been some tribal probably but that's why i'm saying it could have been that you know, oh, let's make frog legs tonight, honey. Oh man, I got blasted. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, those were the best frog legs ever. <laughs> right. You know, the next day, what we're we having for dinner? Let's have frog legs again. <laughs> and the kids are like, "Why do we always have frog legs?" <laughs> but I think that's also maybe how cannabis was also really discovered too, because 
you know, they bring home this, think about some sort of really early, early Neanderthal society or something like that. And they walk along and they discover this cannabis plant in full flower, mm -hmm. like sometime in October. And the thing stinks to high heaven, right? And not only that, it's got seeds. Mm -hmm. And the seeds mean food for these people because they weren't agriculturists, mm -hmm. they were mm -hmm. hunting and the seeds i was just reading today the seeds read like a multiple vitamin and they mm -hmm. got protein and they got all these you know omega-3s and six the seeds i eat the seeds every day Me so too. that was one of their primary purposes so then they throw the old flower into the end of the fire right they and the, so what happens all of a sudden everybody's laughing and giggling and so that's how they discover the magical properties just by chance of throwing the leftover flowers after they get the seeds into the fire right <laughs> but then what happens they're all stoned so they're just it, you know what else are they going to do they don't have tv or cell phones right so you know the the, the young guy the, the kid he starts taking a stalk right and all of a sudden he pulls out this long stringy fiber from the stalk and, and then he gets three or four of those and all of a sudden twists them up and now this kid just made rope because mm -hmm. he was stoned and didn't know what do right <laughs> and then his sister over there she's she's getting some more of those fibers and and she weaves them together she puts one and over and over and over and that and makes that little you know when you were in camp you made those little potholders out of little weaving things right and so all of a sudden she makes the first piece of fabric cloth just because she's stoned and got nothing to do and there are these fibers there so to me that's one of the things about cannabis it's just so every day and there it alters your consciousness just enough by heightening all your sensory apparatus and it frees your brain to make free associations that you wouldn't normally make, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and so I think cannabis was really involved in kind of the great leap forward. You know that's know that painting of uh, I think it's uh, Michelangelo and the Sistine Chapel and and God reaching down, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He's got a joint in his hand, you know. That's what he's doing. That's what he's giving <laughs> to Adam. He's giving him a joint, right? Right? And then the tree there the tree there's an apple there but it's not really an apple the point is that the tree represents the kundalini energy right mm. now it goes up your spine from the cannabis and and the realization and the, the total opening up of your senses and your third eye also right so uh anyway that's my talk about it it's all connected <laughs> it's all connected mm -hmm. <laughs> yes man that's great i'm gonna go back and try to find your graham hancock uh interview i'd love to hear that oh cool yeah, cool so it's just a couple of weeks ago so if you just head to the interview have you got the link to the i'll email you the link to the interviews page so okay. you can go there and uh great. you just scroll down a little and you'll see it you don't need to download or sign in or anything you can just uh, play it right from the website fantastic oh, Good fantastic and i know people enjoy hearing this little bit of blabbing on that we've been doing here this so, is how we roll you'll see when you listen to the graham one this is just what we do we just talk whatever comes up comes up okay. i just don't getting the whole okay. list of questions and things like that you guys have been on loads of podcasts that all those questions have been asked before many many times yes so it's good just to yes. sit and chill and just chat with you yeah. guys because you are super fun you know it's great to talk to you every time you've been on the show it's been it's been awesome so Thank oh, you very thank much. you. We always have a good time. Yeah. No, we enjoy it very much. It's a lot of fun. And um, I got to say, I love your images that you have on the screen. Of both oh, of you. you are super. Thank you. Super thank you. cool. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I'll put in a 
I'll put in a little plug. If you can't, if you hadn't had enough of us by now out there in the audience, we do a thing called Smoking with Swami on YouTube, right? And we did about over the last, I don't know, eight or nine years, we've done 60 or 70 of them. And we're starting to do them again. Cool. Like, for example. Wait, wait, I got to say this. We took a break during. COVID! <laughs> oh, no, I got to get another blunt. <laughs> okay, now we're all smoking again. <laughs> I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, you're, you're excused. It's all right. I really wanted this anyway. Yeah, right. Exactly. I knew you did. Right? <laughs> I could feel it was time. It well, was. I'm going to have to get back to work. I got business to run to get this thing off the ground here. Oh, that, so yeah, I'm absolutely. We very and, much um, appreciate you guys coming along and talking to us again you. and, you know, and everything you do for the cannabis community as well, not just being on the show, but, you know, just being the fighters you have been for such a long time. Well, it's, oh, it's, it's an honor, actually. It's an and, honor. And, um, and actually, you yeah. should have heard Nikki the other day. There was a meeting with one of the supervisors from our county government and you know, everyone else is on and they're talking about how the, it's really, they're suffering, they don't, the taxes, all these problems. And at a certain point, Nikki gets on and she gets all wound up and she starts lecturing this woman. At one point, she notices that the, the, the supervisor isn't looking at her. She's looking away and looking down. She says, please look at me when I'm speaking to you. I need you to pay attention. <laughs> you will not look away like when I'm scolding you. Yeah, no, this, is, this is one of the wonderful things about getting older is you just just kind of have the liberty to do that stuff. If I want to be the crappy old angry school teacher, I can do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or if I want to be grandma and I'm telling you what you got to do, I, I just do it now. So, yeah. That's or a, you that's can be the sweet, yeah. or you can decide to be the sweet little old lady today. Either one, it's all good. That's right. That's right. I can do that too. Yeah. That's true. Well, I'm the, a chameleon. The Durga comes out from time to time. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah well. That would be funny <laughs> to see. That would. <laughs> yes. So anyway, you've got lots well, of work to do, Nikki. And thank you, Swami and Nikki, for coming to join us. And I hope you have a good yeah, harvest season, well, a good grow season, and then a good harvest if we don't yeah. speak to you before then. But, okay. Yeah. Uh, and thank we look you. forward to yeah. being on again and maybe having a visit from you guys. Yeah, so. maybe yeah, next man. time we talk, it'll be sunny outside and green instead of all white. Oh, it will. It, no doubt. No doubt. So whenever you want to come back on the show, if you got anything you want us to uh, mention or anything like that, you know, plug something new you're doing, that, then let us know. You're always welcome to come back and tell us all about it. Thank okay. you so much. Thank we always so much. enjoy you guys right. so much. And be well in uh, UK and on the Caribbean coast down there. And yeah. God, <laughs> yeah. that nice. so inviting. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Have a good day, guys. Yes. Triangle. Bye-bye. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye now. Thank you so much. It's Bye. been fun. Bye bye. We're waving. Bye bye. Thank you. Yeah. Bye, bye guys. <laughs>And there we go, everybody. That's Nikki and Swami. I hope you enjoyed the interview as always. You know, thank you very much for downloading and listening to the show. We appreciate every single one of you guys who go out there every week and download all the episodes. You are awesome. Uh, on Wednesday's interview, we're going to be speaking to Stephen from HLG. And he's going to tell us all about their lights and their company, man. It's a real good interview. So make sure you stay tuned for that one on Wednesday. And then on Friday, we've got an interview with Jordan River as well. So lots of cool interviews coming out for you this week. So thank you again for downloading and listening to this episode. Sorry it's out late. Uh, and sorry I might sound like a bit shit. 
but I'll be feeling better in a few days for sure. So thank you again for downloading and listening. And we'll catch you on the next one. Stay high and stay safe. Goodbye.